what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Just as Lazarus was sick, our churches are dying today. But let me tell you this, I don't know who you are. If you will cling to the old rugged cross, if you will come back to what Jesus did at Calvary, there's a resurrection coming. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of John, John chapter 11, move down if you will to verse 21, John chapter 11 verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord if thou hast been here my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. I want to move back up to verse 25. And I want to use the words of Jesus the resurrection, and the life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, I dare not embark upon this message without asking for the anointing of Your Spirit to rest upon me, for without You, we can do nothing. In this room today, and I know those listening by radio as well. Lord, there are many needs. There are questions. Needs, O oh God, and questions that only you can meet and answer. Lord, I only have words. But Lord, I ask that you anoint these words today. Help me to rightly divide this word of truth. To give that, Lord, which I believe you have given unto me. Lord, hide me behind the cross today. May your word go forth. May your people be edified and drawn closer to you. Is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Of all the miracles that Jesus performed, what Jesus would do on this particular day is the most chilling. Many do not realize this, but 
in the last days of Jesus' ministry, the Jewish leadership, religious leadership of Israel, they hated Jesus Christ so much that he was banned from most synagogues. Not much has changed from then until now. All across this country today, people will gather together in churches. But in a lot of those churches, Jesus Christ is banned from the church. If Jesus Christ were in the flesh today, and were to come in the back door of the church and stand in the midst... He would not be allowed to take the pulpit because they would be afraid that he might offend somebody. You hear that. Well, Brother James, I just don't believe it's that bad. Well, you read over there in the third chapter of the book of Revelation what he said to the church at Laodicea. He said, you're lukewarm, and behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is pictured in the church of the last days, standing outside the church, knocking, trying to get in. The religious leaders of Israel, they hated Jesus Christ so much, they wanted to kill him. And eventually they did. The disciples, in the last days of Jesus' ministry, they had developed... A ho-hum attitude toward Christ. They never missed a service. They saw the miracles. They had seen so many miracles that Jesus performed. Peter, James, and John went off with the Lord on a particular excursion. And when they came back, the disciples said, Well, what all did he do today? Well, he just opened up a few blinded eyes and made some lame to walk. You know, the usual, same old, same old. They saw the power of Christ. They saw him perform miracles. But that's not the miracles that they wanted to see. They heard him preach. And they were all for him until he started talking about going to a cross. And they didn't want to hear that. They wanted to hear about his plans and how he was going to throw off the Roman yoke and lead Israel back to a state of supremacy in the world. That's, that's what they wanted. And the disciples were in a state of unbelief. But what Jesus would do on this particular day it would remove all doubt as to who he was. Many of the Jewish leaders, they were on defense, so to speak, as to who Jesus was, or else they were just afraid to voice their opinion because the hatred was so violent against Christ. But after this event today, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead... Many would turn to Christ. This whole thing started when Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus that their brother Lazarus was sick. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, Lazarus' situation, it was more than just a headache. Lazarus had developed a life 
life-threatening situation to such an extent they sent messengers to Christ to make him aware of what was going on. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but it's for the glory of God. Now, let me just stop right here and say a few things. There are many of you under the sound of my voice right now. Sickness has developed in your physical body. Go to the doctor one day and boom, there it is. God does not get any glory out of you being sick. The only way that God gets any glory out of you being sick is when you trust Him in the midst of the sickness. You trust Him and you praise Him with your whole heart in the midst of it. Let me take it a step further. God does not get any glory out of death unless the individual that passes on was saved and you realize that they have received the ultimate healing. Glory to God. Did you hear what I said? Some of you under the sound of my voice today, you're sick. And the end result does not look very promising. And you want God to heal you. Let me tell you today, if the Lord calls you home and you are saved, God calling you home is the ultimate healing. It is the greatest healing that you will ever have in your life. Now, I know some don't understand that. But if you're a Christian and you see death the way it ought to be seen and understood, you know that. You realize that. But Lazarus was sick. Let me go in this direction for just a few minutes. Lazarus was sick. Just as Lazarus was sick, our nation today is sick. Listen to the words of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse 4. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, Children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head... There is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by Strangers. That's a picture of Israel of old 
Friend, that's a picture of America today, unfortunately. Why? Why is our country in the mess that it's in? Someone said, The way the preacher goes, so goes the church. The way the church goes, so goes the nation. The way this nation of America goes, so goes the rest of the world. You think about what I've just said. The reason our country is in the mess that it's in today, you can blame the president, you can blame the Democrats, you can blame the Republicans, you can blame Congress, you can blame whoever you want to blame, but the blame is at the doorsteps of the church. That's where the blame is. The reason the country is in the mess that it's in today is because the church is in the mess that it's in today. Sick. Sin sick. The problem is sin. It's always been sin. See, if you go into a lot of churches, they will use John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. They will use that verse of Scripture and they will promote Jesus as the answer. They will preach the positive side of it. But here's where they're lacking at. There ain't nobody preaching the negative side. We don't talk about sin anymore. We don't preach on sin anymore. If you don't understand the problem, you're not going to understand the solution to the problem. You need to get that. Understand that. Sin is the problem. It's killed every single human being that's ever lived, and it'll continue to kill every single human being right on until Jesus comes back. There's only one remedy, and that remedy is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and your faith in what He did at Calvary and that exclusively, nothing else added to it. That's it. The church has drifted so far away that today we're arguing over the gender of God. We're marrying homosexuals and even ordaining them to preach. That's where the church is today. The church is sick. Just as Lazarus was sick, our churches are dying today. Some of you are looking at the numbers in your church. There's more going out than there is coming in. That's the signs of a church that's dying. When there's more members going out than there is coming in. How many churches today are locking its doors because it can no longer pay the light bill? Churches are dying today. But let me tell you this. I don't know who you are. I don't care where your church is. If you will cling to the old rugged cross, if you will come back to what Jesus did at Calvary, there's a resurrection coming. Did you hear what I said? I said there's a resurrection 
coming. All right, I've said a lot of stuff I didn't come here to say, but Jesus said the sickness is not unto death. If you look there in verse 6, Jesus did not respond immediately. When he received word of Lazarus being sick, he didn't respond right then. And, and, I, and I just want to just share this little tidbit of truth with you. Are you ready? Buckle your seatbelts. I'm going to shock some of you now. But God don't work on your time schedule. Oh! Did you hear what I said? God don't work on your time schedule. You see, we want God to move and we want Him to move right now. You ain't ready for God to move right now. Let me tell you this. What God is going to do, what God has got planned for you, is bigger than what you think. And it's better than what you think. God's got good things for you, but His timing is just as important as what He's going to do. Jesus didn't respond immediately. The disciples, they had trouble trusting Jesus. You and I have the same thing today. If the disciples followed Jesus for three and a half years, never missed a service, they saw these mighty miracles, and they had trouble trusting Jesus, friend, where does that leave you and I at today? Brother James, what do you mean they, they had trouble trusting Jesus? Well, let's look at it. Verse 7. He said, we're going back into Judea. Now, the last time they were in Judea, the Jews tried to stone him, tried to kill him. And the disciples, they're saying, Lord... Are you sure you want to do that? Last time we were there, they were trying to stone you, Lord. That, that going into the Judea, that, that's just not a good idea right now, Lord. Here they are trying to advise God on what to do. How many of us are guilty trying to tell God how to do His business? He that has an ear, let him hear. Jesus plainly tells them, if you look there in verse 11, he said, Lazarus is dead and I'm going to raise him up. He said, I'm glad for your sakes, verse 15, that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Had Jesus been there, he no doubt would have healed Lazarus. Like I said a few minutes ago, the disciples, they had seen so many miracles they had become desensitized nothing surprised them anymore they heard him preach but what they wanted to see what they wanted to hear was how jesus 
plan to throw off the Roman yoke? How was he going to use his power to get Israel back to a state of dominance in the world? That's what they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear nothing about a cross. That's what Jesus was talking about in those last days. How he would go to a cross. They didn't want to hear that. When Jesus started talking about the cross, it was met with a ho-hum attitude. Just like some of you under the sound of my voice today. Oh, there's the preacher again. Another message on the cross. Just a ho-hum attitude. Let me tell you something today. If it weren't for the cross of Jesus Christ, you'd be in hell today. The only thing that stands between you and eternal hell, the lake of fire, is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. Nothing else. Just met with a ho-hum attitude. Look at Thomas, verse 16. Thomas said to the disciples, let us just go and die with him. Negative. Doubt. Unbelief. The church is full of it today. The cross offends people, Brother James. You don't need to be preaching on that. You need to be preaching on how good people are. That's what brings people into the church. The cross offends people. That cross, well, you, you Christians say the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That cuts everybody else. You're saying everybody else is going to hell, but you Christians, that offends people. Ho-hum negative attitude. The only way that God grows His church is through and by the cross. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it again. The only way that God grows His church is through and by the cross, the finished work of Christ. You can't even get saved without the cross. Jesus came to Bethany. Mary and Martha, they're in the house. A bunch of the Jews have gathered there to comfort them. Jesus comes to Bethany, but he didn't want to disrupt the funeral services. So he sent a messenger to the house, and they met with Mary. And Mary came to where Jesus was. And she said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. Where were you at, Lord? I want to show you something here. Verse 22. She said, I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it thee. She's right in what she's saying. But she's off a little bit. What do you mean? She's off a little bit. She didn't really realize herself who Jesus was. You can ask God and He'll give it to you. She was standing there talking to God and didn't even realize it. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He will rise again. 
He said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, the resurrection rapture is more than just a doctrine. It's a person. It's a person. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Here comes Mary weeping. Verse 33. Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews weeping too. The Bible says he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. The word groaned means that Jesus became angry. Angry. Anger at a white hot pitch. Angry. You see, we don't normally think of Jesus as getting angry. But he's angry now. Well, what is he going to do? Y'all come on back next week and I'll tell you. But what Jesus would do on this particular day would remove all doubt as to who he was. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 